What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Saturdays and Seltzers. Another lengthy episode this week, but do not worry. The description boxes, no matter where you are watching or listening to this podcast, do have timestamps available for you. We are recapping the World Series, talking a little bit about the NLL, and we have the one and only Taylor Mathis with us this week to talk all things going on around the NFL. So stay tuned. Let's go. Y'all know what it is. Saturday, yeah, gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit, Sarah, Kendra, I see you ladies, y'all know what time it is, uh, looking like you just graduated, coming from a place that y'all gravitated, looking like a boss, I just had to say, I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. All right, sis, knock him out, Mike Tyson. And I'd like it. Show me a place I can buy it. What's up, party people? Welcome to the 15th, yes, 15th ever episode of Saturdays and Seltzers. I cannot believe that I am saying that. And as I say that we are on our 15th episode, I must throw out there that we are the 61st most popular sports podcast in Mexico. Um, But my name is Kendra Middleton, and... This is my co-host, Sarah Griffin. Sarah, how are we doing? Fantastic. I mean, how can we not be when we're the 61st most popular sports podcast in Mexico? Life is good. It's it's true. Um, We talked about this on our Tuesday meeting. If you guys have suggestions, questions, anything like that for us moving forward, Sarah and I are meeting on Tuesdays. So let us know you can join our Discord and we have um, a question and suggestion spot over there. So please feel free to send them. Um, But my favorite part about this whole situation is that during our Tuesday meeting, Sarah and I found out that to be the 61st most popular sports podcast in Mexico, you only need seven repeat listeners in Mexico. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. When I was opening up the Spotify analytics, I was getting kind of excited because I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like, oh my God, I wonder how many people it is. It's fucking seven. All it takes yep. is seven people to be the 61st most popular <laughs> sports podcast in Mexico. An entire country. Hey, That's all you need. You know what? <laughs> seven repeat listeners in Mexico. We fucking ride. Um, love you guys. We, yep. Shout out Mexico. We love you guys. Hey, and amo, it's so funny amo. because. So, okay. This guy messaged me and Sarah like, probably our third it had to be like our third or fourth episode and he was like hey just wanted to send you guys your analytics over in mexico you guys are already in the top 200 on like sports <laughs> podcasts and like blah 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 and we were like okay this guy like cannot be for real and i was like looking at our analytics on like the pod chart thing the other day and it was like we climbed from like the like late 180 something 190 something to like the 61st and i was like yo this dude was not kidding <laughs> All it takes is seven. That's the new motto. All it takes is seven. <laughs> uh, I'm literally going to put that in my show notes. All um, it takes is siete. Siete? Yeah! <laughs> siete <Go>. personas. <laughs> um, it's all the doing that soccer. I swear to God, Sarah. <laughs> okay. 
announcement, huge announcement. I'm already kind of drunk. Um, we had an oh, interview yeah. with Tim this, so stay tuned for that. I am on my <laughs> Michelob Ultra. So it's Wednesdays in Michelob Ultra again this week. It's all I have. In my I say, I'm having a don't, cider. This is my third yeah. cider. <laughs> yeah, don't come for me. I'm not. Yeah. Um, but I've already forgot. This is this episode is going to be a shit show. Fuck it. Um, but oh, the announcement. We are going to the Revs playoff games. Shout out to the Revs for having us and our friend Will um, over there who runs their social media for hooking it up. We will be with the Revs for the playoffs. So if you are going to be there, we'd love to tailgate. Tell us where you're at, what you're going to be doing, all the cool spots to be because we will be there and we will not be sober. And I am so excited. I'm probably going to sleep on Sarah's couch. It's going to be great. I would say, yep, this couch right here, we can share my bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, can we cuddle? Absolutely. <laughs> me, me, um, honestly, Fred and I might need like a night to just, you know, snuggle it out. Freddy is the best cuddler there is, so I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> okay, well, then we can just throw him in the middle. It's perfect. You can be yeah. the wider. <laughs> Our emotional support, Fred. Fantastic. Literally. <laughs> Um, so we are actually moving forward, going to switch things up a little bit. We mentioned this later in the episode when we had Taylor on as well. Um, instead of our tweets of the week segment, we are going to now turn that into our bunk segment of the week, um, deservingly so, because that's what it has sort of evolved into anyway. But moving forward, we are going to be playing one of my favorite games every week to kind of keep you guys up to date on our weeks, what you might have missed, what you didn't see on the internet, something that needs to be highlighted, where we could throw social media in here. So if you have never heard of the game High Low Hero, we are going to be playing High Low Hero moving forward. So it's your high of the last week, your low of the last week, and then your hero of the last week, which is your unexpected, you know, something good to come of the last seven days that you have not heard from me or Sarah on this podcast. Obviously, you've probably heard from us on the internet. Um, Sarah, what is your first ever High Low Hero this episode? Go for it. Okay, so my high of the last week was my Olivia Rodrigo Halloween costume because I was incredibly proud of that. And also, I came up with that the night before, and it was the cheapest Halloween costume I've ever had. By far the cheapest I've ever had because I did Bud Light year one year, which was good, but it was Mm. also involved with a lot of, like, craft making, whatever, because I had to make the, like, Mm -hmm. wing things and then just, like, getting all together. The Olivia Rodrigo costume, I had the tank top. All I needed was the stickers, and I bought, like, the plaid skirt at Forever 21 for, like, $15. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I was so proud of that, and plus, I love Olivia Rodrigo. It was Rodrigo, so good. So. <laughs> it was so good. I was so proud of you. It's not what I was expecting to see from you, and I know you're, like, a diehard Olivia fan, but I that I was am. probably <laughs> my favorite Halloween costume that I saw. No lie. I was a little upset, though, because I was like, I know I'm, like, 24, so Olivia Rodrigo's probably not going to share my costume, <laughs> but she was sharing other people's, I was like, I'm sorry, maybe it's just me being full of myself, like, my costume is so much better. <laughs> you have the Photoshop and everything. Right? I was like, come on, I put in the effort, Olivia, I know I'm 24, and you're probably, like, this old lady. <laughs> <laughs> it got mad likes, though. That was my most, like, Instagram, I was like... Oh my god! Because <laughs> my most like, drama. That, yeah, it's like before that Maybe was my Harry Styles picture, <laughs> and I was like, nothing will ever top this, whatever. But then I was like, oh my god, everyone, and you know what? Fuck you to all. Like it was mostly my guy friends. Were like no one's gonna know what that is besides girls and gays. I was like, well, that's who I'm doing it for. Thread- one, 
Yeah. But two, it's so matters. everyone knew it. Everyone fucking knew yeah. it. So <laughs> screw that. Um, shout out to the girls and the gays. You are mm-hmm. the best. Um, we do it for you, even though we have a 15% <laughs> female audience. <laughs> And that's on that. Okay. Shout out the girlies. Shout out the girlies and the gays. That's literally what my (laughs) private Snapchat story is called, is the girls and the gays. So if you are on that, you are elite. I was like, well, my private Snap story is called Olivia Rodrigo Fan Club. So both those check out. (laughs) It makes sense to me. Okay. You're low and you're hero. Okay. My low, which I know is contradictory to what yours is, is that baseball is over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then my hero is, this is on more serious note, is Patrice Bergeron, just because of how him and Bruce Cassidy handled the situation with what's going on with the Blackhawks, you know, just the leadership. And obviously Mm -hmm. Patrice Bergeron, it's not a secret, he's my all-time favorite athlete. So seeing that from him, it's not like it surprised me that he's like, let's all sit down as a team and listen, like, see what Kyle has to say and, like, take it all Mm -hmm. in. But I just saw it, like, the NHL's such a shit show right now that I was like... Of course it's Patrice like of course it's like he makes the Bruins organization I don't know I just that warmed my heart it makes me so happy yeah I'm actually glad that you threw that in here because with a predominantly football guest this week it just did not um and and, and I don't want to say it didn't cross my mind because you and I have talked about this quite a bit this week Mm -hmm. um and we've been very heavily involved in this portion of Twitter since you know this has all come out I uh I meant to add this in our show notes we even talked about doing it and I just forgot um but I I do want to talk about this really quick before I get into my high-low hero I'm curious um outside of the Patrice Bergeron Bruins aspect of this your thoughts and opinions I mean I've been tweeting a lot of shit the last week just at the NHL because I think the whole thing is dumpster fire. You know, the Blackhawks mm-hmm. hor- handled it horribly. Um, the NHL handled it horribly. Gary Bettman had that god-awful press conference where he just, like, I knew coming in because, like, we all know, like, Bettman's not, like, he doesn't get it. Like, I knew that coming into him. Like, this press conference is going to piss me off, but somehow is worse than I expected it to be. I don't know. I think hockey culture, it's not a secret. There's a lot that needs to be changed. And we all say that, like, you know, there's saying, like, hockey is for everyone. And Chanel actually was like, I used to love saying that, but, like, at this point, I kind of just hate it because you can say it as much as you want. Like, it's not any different. Like, we've seen it already. Like, they just recycle the same, like, 20 fucking white guys to run these Mm -hmm. organizations. Like, they get fired from one, bounce to another. Like, there's no repercussions whatsoever, you know. Then you have prominent voices in the Blackhawks, like, players, including their captain, that's like, well, they're a good person to me, so I don't really, like, I don't know. I don't think they should be punished, and I just think there's so much left to do with hockey, and they have so much work left to do, and it's not like it's, like, it is a popular sport, but I'm like, for a sport that's still growing, like, it's still getting popular in certain areas, like Seattle, you know, predominantly on the West Coast, I would say. It's not a great look. Like, it does not feel like an inclusive sport. Like, and then the only times it's making headlines is when it's situations like these, where it's like hateful players, hateful coaches, you know, just gross things. Like, it's not a good yep. look for the sport. And I think it's going to be a long time before it's like, Comp, like I could confidently be like, oh yeah, I'm a huge hockey fan because I kind of feel stupid watching the Bruins and just hockey in general the last couple of weeks. Yeah, totally. I was just gonna say I saw a meme earlier this week that was not about the NHL, but I think it translates very well to the situation. It was um, about how oftentimes organizations, you know, 
look on the internet or in their ads and whatever. And it's like, they have all of these, you know, people of different race, genders, backgrounds, these sorts of things. And then you look at the top of these organizations and it's all white men. And it was like me yeah. about how, you know, how these companies present themselves, what they actually look like. And I think that that translates very well to the situation with the NFL. It's like, you know, hockey is for everyone. We're about inclusion. And then, you know, you see them, you know, just give the Blackhawks a slap on the wrist and they don't handle the situation properly. And I think if you are going to say hockey is for everyone, you need to mean it and you need to include people of different race, genders, socioeconomic classes, um, all of those sorts of things. And you need, you need to practice what you preach. And I feel like oftentimes that does not happen. No. And that's a good point that you bring up with that meme. Like obviously everywhere across hockey, like, oh, we have this diversity alliance or this diversity officer. And it's just, oh, it's almost like it's for show. Like there's nothing that they're actually doing. They're not taking action. And if it is someone that like actually cares about it, they're not given the opportunity to like make any significant change because you have all these same figureheads up at the top. That's like, no, no, like hockey's good the way it is. Like even just looking at like how they represent themselves, like online and like broadcasting, like, you know, now they're over at ESPN. It's just all fucking white guys. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching um, an NHL broadcast last week and yeah, actually it was last week. It was, uh, it was Steve Levy doing a, um, Kraken game and mm-hmm. it was like they, he was also there for like whatever football game that they were broadcasting for Seattle as well and it was like Lisa Salters coming on to guest like preview their game that they were doing for like whatever night ESPN is it Monday night football and I was like wow this is the only time I'm ever gonna see you know something like this on a hockey broadcast you know like Mm -hmm. not only a woman but a woman of color and it's like yeah there's like rinkside reporters and stuff like that but it's like that's just not enough at this point no like take like Sophia Yershevich for a second like she is so smart like I love listening to her talk about hockey like the questions she asked players and stuff I'm like this is what it should be. Like, she should have that full-time role. But because mm-hmm. it's the NHL, like, it's like, oh, you're either a ringside reporter or, like, oh, here's this special feature. Like, look, we have a woman. Like, for, like, Digital content seconds. role. Yeah, exactly. Like, someone like Sophia, like, there's so many smart, talented voices in hockey and in the hockey community that I think you could be showcasing. But instead, they're like, oh, look at this guy that everyone like flows on Twitter that all these guys things are funny, like aiming to like this very specific crowd of hockey fans, which yeah, like a large majority of it is like college boys, I guess. But I'm like, that's not your entire fucking fan base. Why are you catering to them when they are already catered to? Like they're fine. We can move on from them. Yeah. It's like, we get like rich white guys or the people who have access to hockey, but like, you can't say hockey is for everyone and just not mean it. I mean, hockey is obviously like the most, the most expensive sport to play between the gear and the ice time and like those sorts of things. Um, I just, I think that it's time for the NFL to have a call to action or the NHL to have a call to action. And I think that this should absolutely be it, whether it will be or not is still up in the air. Um, my high, low hero, before I get into this, I just want to throw something on a lighter note out. I kind (laughs) of love with how we are doing these interviews three times a month now. Um, Moving forward, Sarah and I have decided that we are going to do the mailbag segment and sports content once a month. And then we are going to do sports content and a guest um, host three times a month. So once a month, we will not have a guest host, but I kind of love how we are doing our guest interviews before we actually record so that now we are like, you know, moderately hammered by the time that it gets here. (laughs) (laughs) 
because you tweeted a couple weeks ago and you were like I love how like I'm randomly buzzed on like a random weeknight when we record this and now I'm like well we get through our interview and then I'm like okay are we ready to record our segment and I'm like shit all right here we go (laughs) (laughs) if you are listening to this on Spotify it is very unfortunate that you could just not see what Sarah did with her hands so go check us out on YouTube moving forward we are also going to have our full episodes on YouTube and a cut version available for Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you do go follow us over on YouTube. Um, my high, low hero, um, my high, I have two, well, three, I think. And that's only because one, Sarah, it's like a joint high Sarah and I, this is the biggest announcement that we, I think have had as a podcast so far party people we have merchandise locked, loaded, <laughs> and just ready to be shipping priced available for you soon and before Black Friday for all of your holiday needs. So we are thinking about posting a teaser for that sometime this week. So that is a high for me. My personal highs, um, I got my nails <laughs> back. I have been without acrylics for probably like a month now and I have felt like a naked human being and I just I don't think I could ever go back it just made me feel like such a bad bitch um so got my nails back and my other high so I for those of you who don't know me in real life you only see what I put on the internet or you know whatever um I have a few massive friend groups because I have moved so much and my friend group from my college program there's, I think, 14 of us all in this group chat, and we talk all day, every day, always have um, since college started, and probably always will at this point, honestly, and I randomly called the other night, and all of the guys answered the group chat, so it was all, it was like eight dudes and me, and we're just sitting there, you know, catching up, shooting the shit, whatever, and one of my friends, Mathis, shout out, hello, he was like, <laughs> yeah, I went to this Halloween party this weekend, and I thought I shit my pants, and everyone was just like, I'm sorry what and he was like yeah like went into like this full-blown detail about how he had to like leave this party because he thought he shit himself and it was just the funniest thing that I have ever heard and wait he like the best part about it was he like finishes like telling the story and I'm like dying laughing and he's like wait is this gonna be on a Saturdays and Seltzers episode and I was like well now it is absolutely it absolutely is I was like, you can't tell me you almost like you thought you shit yourself and had to leave a party and think that I'm not going to put it on a public platform. (laughs) Um, So that was my high. My low was that I like am actually so exhausted this week with like all the sports going on. October is just like such a such a crazy month with like sports because it's like the World Series and it's like football starting to get serious and hockey and basketball are back. So it's like as much as I love baseball and the world series and playoff baseball and like those sorts of things. And, you know, both of my teams did make it really far this year. I'm exhausted. And I am just ready to sort of switch my focus to basketball and hockey that are a little bit slower at this point in the season and like those sorts of things. So I, I, as much as I love baseball, that's my low because I'm just like, that's, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm exhausted. Um, and then my hero is that I am going on vacation tomorrow and I am 99.9% sure that I am going to the Braves parade because I'm going to Atlanta. That'll be so so much fun. Yep. I leave for Atlanta tomorrow at the ass crack of dawn. I am going to a wedding this weekend. And then my best friend from home, his birthday is 
next week, but he's going to New York. So we are all getting together and going to a concert on Sunday night. So happy birthday, Harry. I love you so much. Um, and so, yeah, that's my, those are, that's my high low here of the week. I actually really like this segment. Me too. Okay, cool. I feel like that wraps um, up our weeks better than just how's your week? Cause I never really know how my week was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck happened this week. It feels like we recorded yeah. yesterday. Um, I think our seltzer rankings are the same. I like Sarah and I are both drinking beer this week, and it's just because it's what I have in my yeah. fridge. I don't know about you. I would say I think all I have is like, I think it's maybe like a white claw black cherry, which I'm just like, Neh. so I just took yeah. ciders. I'd rather have that yeah. right now. <laughs> Yeah, I have so many Michelob Ultras. And okay, so all that's in my fridge alcohol-wise right now, I have uh, Michelob Ultras and then I have my Jaguars Bud Lights that Bud Light sent me. And I just can never, I can never drink those because I'm like, these are Jaguar Bud Lights. Like I, like I just, I don't know about you, but like whenever I get something nostalgic or that I'm excited about, I'm like, I can't, I can't. I would say I got the Patriots Bud Light. I don't think anyone in my house has touched them. <laughs> They're just, just they like, came I in love- a nice little display. Like, I don't want to touch them. I just, like, I love them so much that, I'm like, <laughs> if I could buy Jaguars Bud Lights forever, I just, I, uh, mm. okay. Fun fact, since you got the same package, mm-hmm. I got the Jaguars version. But, so, I have been collecting, this is, this is, like, everyone's about to see my soft side, and I don't know if I'm ready to be this vulnerable, because, like, Sarah saw it earlier this week, where, like, usually I'm, like, this, like, cold-hearted, like, person, and I, like, showed myself to Sarah this week, and it was, like, ah, I'm so vulnerable, but okay, so I have saved every, like, memorabilia anything from my childhood, so, like, concert tickets, sporting tickets like before everything was on your phone like I have all of it like hawk like everything I have every sporting event every concert every like dance I ever went to every like photograph I ever had printed I have (laughs) down here in like a rainbow dinosaur box and I haven't done that since everything sort of switched over to digital which I was like probably like 20 years old and then Bud Light sent me that really nice like Jaguars Bud Light box and I was like okay this is going to be like the next like the box for like my memories of the next phase of my life like my 20s and 30s like this is going to be the box that I'm going to save all of these like printable paper picture memories in yeah so I started putting like my tickets and stuff in that box so thank you Bud Light that like I'm like very much like showing my soft side to people <laughs> right now um but yeah so I am now using that Bud Light box to like use as like a safekeeping spot for like my 20s and 30s memories wait that's cute mine's like in the back of our basement collecting dust <laughs> Okay, Sarah, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's right. I'm going to, I'm not kidding. Hold on. Every, if you are listening to this on Spotify, I will cut this out. But if you are watching on YouTube, you can actually watch me do this because it's our full episode. Uno momento, por favor. Shout out Mexico. I'm not even kidding. Look at how full this, like, dinosaur box. Okay. Oh my gosh. These are like my lifelong freaking something just popped out of here. So I feel the need to like show it. What is this? It's definitely something I finger. Oh no, this is when I, okay. So I went on vacation with one of my ex-boyfriends and I won in bingo against 80 old ladies when I was in high school. (laughs) This is my bingo card from when I beat these old bitches asses. I would also say that I'm very competitive. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Bingo is like the goat. But it's like, oh, my God, do you want to see my naked child ass? (laughs) (laughs) 
um you're welcome internet yeah so it's like shit like that is like what's in these boxes so yeah shout out to my 20s and 30s you are now being put in a jaguars bud light box which is very fitting <laughs> um but moving on from that Sarah and I talked this entire week about how we thought this was going to be a sad show just because like, I feel like everything in the news this week sports wise was so sad. And um, the highlight of that, if you live in the Boston area, obviously being Jerry Remy and, you know, Sarah has a lot more intimate memories than I do. So um, it's just crazy to me, like obviously rest in peace, Jerry. And I was saying this to my roommate, it's like as shitty as this is for the people of Boston and stuff like that, like, how special is it though for his family that they have all of these memories of him on camera to like remember him by and these pictures and uh, you know the city as a whole kind of I have chills right now just like backing Jerry Remy and his family and it's like not when someone else dies you know like our parents or you know whatever like we're not gonna have all of these video memories or this highlight reel or stuff like that so it's like as awful as it is I, I, I have found a little bit of peace and comfort in this uh, after, you know, we saw him throw a pitch, what, like a month ago um, at, at a Red yeah, Sox playoff game. And it's like, yeah, I've, I've found a little bit of comfort in, you know, being able to laugh through these last few days. And I know that this is like hits a lot different for you because you're from here. So I'm very curious to see how you feel. But I just I think that that's something very special that m- the media hasn't quite talked about. Yeah, you know, it's like weird. It's always weird when someone like, famous dies because you're like oh like why am I mourning this like I don't know this person personally but with like Remy like he was one of those people that I know for like me personally and I've talked to so many other people like at the certain age like him and Don together was like the prime like that was to me like obviously I'm super biased but that was like the best broadcasting team in baseball there ever be you know they were just like fun like lighthearted, like everything's funny you know they had like the pizza call the boob grab like there's so many like things I've seen on like Twitter recently of just people like reminiscing and I'm like oh my god yeah like I remember that like they made even like years that the Red Sox weren't great were just like very memorable because you remember these type of things but then also like I feel almost like spoiled because like my childhood like that's where like I would watch baseball games like that's who was commentating on those you know I feel like I would not be as big as a baseball fan as I am right now if it wasn't for that. Like, me and my sister made a sign. I think it was when we went to Camden Yards and, like, I think I was, like, seven or eight. And we had a sign because we wanted uh, it to be on TV. And it literally said, like, we love you, like, Don and Remy. You know, he was just, like, someone, like, Mm -hmm. you don't really see it now where, like, broadcasters are, like, celebrities to people. But just the way that people have been impacted by this, like, shows you how much he meant to the city. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you also see, like, Xander Bogarts, like, Pedro, um, Big Poppy, all of, like, come out, like, with these old, whole statements about it. Like, he mm-hmm. moved so many people, just, like, his presence. Like, he's so important to the Red Sox organization. Mm-hmm. And, like, it sounds like dramatics like, oh, like, the organization's never going to be the same. But, like, it's, it's true. true. It literally never is. And I don't know if anyone here listening ever read Remy's book that he wrote about the Red Sox, but I read it now a couple times. It's really good journey, uh, outline of his journey from, like, being drafted with the Angels, I think it was, to, like, coming to the Red Sox and just how he became such a prominent figure. And so I highly recommend it to anyone that wants to read it because, like, yeah, it is mainly about the Red Sox, but then it's in his voice. You know, it has that sense of humor. You know, he has his own Mm -hmm. touch on it. So I highly recommend that to anyone. And then most recently, I don't know if you saw Dennis Eckersley said he was like, 
I actually talked to like Remy like after I threw out, he threw out the first pitch and I caught it or whatever he's like I'm glad it was you out there with me he's like that really moved me because I think we all kind of knew that was his final goodbye at that point and that kind of brought a tear to my eyes I'm gonna like, like yeah I'm like literally <laughs> like because we watched that happen yeah and like we were obviously at- no one knew at the time like at least we didn't know like that would be his final like public outing like that was probably his last time at Fenway like at least in the public eye like I don't know it's just I don't very cry emotional. and I'm actually like <laughs> <laughs> I like I can see it in my viewfinder um like the fact that like we got to see that and like it's just like it's something so beautiful you know like that mm-hmm. it sucks but it's like um like you know I I've worked at Nesson uh well for Nesson um because I'm I'm on location I've been with Nesson for three almost three years now three years in March and it's like that crew was like the first professional interview that I ever had on television. And it's like the fact mm-hmm. that like, we didn't know that we were witnessing something so powerful, like in, in like hindsight, 2020 is always hindsight, 2020, but it's like, I just, I think that it's so special that like, you know, his family and like people like you and I, who like are in this field, like get to have a book with his voice and, you know, get to have all of these memories. Like I had never seen the, bo- like, I didn't grow up here. I had never seen the boob grab video until it started going <laughs> viral this week. And I honestly swear to God, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen because I've never related to like a broadcast crew having to like mute their mics for a few minutes so hard because like usually like when I mute my mic, like when I'm on broadcast or something like that, it's like I have to cough or like I'm like, you know, something like that. But that brought that 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 was so iconic. No, I've I've seen that video now, obviously, so many times in the last week, but I remember watching that and it's just like such like a nice moment to, like it sounds stupid like it's a nice moment like he literally was just like grabbing your fucking boot but just like this silence <laughs> for 60 full seconds and then he's like this needs to be a family show and you can hear them just trying laughing, so yes. hard not to just burst out laughing <laughs> i don't know it's stuff like that that like you don't see that a lot really anymore in broadcasting and you should because that shit's funny. That's what people want to see, you know. Like he, this guy fucking died, and we're sitting here talking about that, and someone throwing pizza. Like that's the <laughs> shit people are gonna remember. They're not gonna call. I mean, like as much as you remember someone, you know, calling a playoff game or a World Series game or something like that. Yeah, that's iconic, but that's not the shit we're talking about right now. And it's like when my mom came for my graduation this year, it's like she was like so embarrassed that she got drunk when we were like celebrating or whatever. And I was like, mom, like. <laughs> If something, God forbid, were to ever happen to you, these are the stories that I'm going to tell. You know, not like as much as I love to talk about how my mom did this when I was a kid and that when I was a kid, it's like my favorite memories are going to be because my mom had like a fat glass of wine or, you know, whatever. (laughs) And it's like, I'm going to remember Jerry Remy, like with the pizza guy and the fucking boob grab and like the, the pitch that we saw. And it's like, like you said, just because the Red Sox organization will never be the same. That's not a bad thing. Because, like, yes, it's never going to be the same. And that's okay. Yeah, no, I feel like it's just a very weird thing. I almost feel bad for, like, future Red Sox fan generations, like, the younger ones. Because, like, they'll never get to experience that. Like, like I said, I feel so spoiled that growing up, like, I grew up on him and Don, like, obviously. But I'm, like, at least all these, like, young baseball fans, like, they get to look back on those times and, like, see it and be like, holy shit, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And it is. And like that, like I said, like I wish that more broadcasts would sort of let those off the cuff moments fly because not only in today's generation is that like the clickbait, the stuff that you play, the stuff that you watch, but it's like 
when unfortunately things like this happen, those are the things that people are going to dig up, that people are going to find and those sorts of things. Um, so as, as unfortunate as it is, it's like, at least we have that. No, yeah, I think he's a great person that everyone's always talking about, oh, baseball's dying, baseball's dying. Like, get more personalities like that. Like, let his memory last forever. And I'm telling you, because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, I don't think baseball's dying. But just in general, like, people like mm -hmm. that are, like, the pinnacle. Like, that's what we totally. need more of. Yep. I'm with you there, sister. Um, speaking of baseball dying, I agree with you that it is not because the fucking Atlanta Braves won the World Ooh. Series last night. Sarah, what are your takeaways from this series? Yeah, as I'm sure you see here in the notes, I had a lot of storylines. I was following it. I became very <laughs> invested in the Braves, which I like. I started crying last night when they won. I'm like, bitch, you had no investment in them. You were rooting against them when they were playing the Brewers in the NLT. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I always have loved Freddie Freeman. So I was very happy, like everyone should be, to see Freddie Freeman get his ring. He's been with the organization for 12 years. You know, he's gone through so much for them. Like, he deserves that. I don't know if you saw his post-game interview with, like, Poppy and all them. But he's just like, I have no words. Like, he's so, like, mm -hmm. candidly happy, like, not holding back. And I know he's supposed to be, like, one of the friendliest guys of baseball. So that was not surprising at all. Mm -hmm. But it just warmed my heart. And I also am obsessed with his family, specifically Charlie Freeman. So I was very happy to see that for him. But, you know, you also have, like, Brian Snicker got his ring as a manager. He's another big figurehead in the Braves organization. And they showed that clip of his wife crying of happiness after they won it. Because he's been in the Braves organization since 1976. But when they won the World Series in 95, I think he was, like, a minor league coach or something at the time. So I'm sure he got a ring, but he wasn't, like, a part of it. Then, like, third base coach Ron Washington, that was his first ring after working in baseball for over 40 years. And he's just such a sweet little old man. So I was like, aw, that makes me so happy. And then another one, as everyone has probably figured out by now, I fucking love Max Freed. I sim for Max Freed. I've been pointed no. out now many times. He just yeah. looks like the tall, lanky, nerdy kid on SpongeBob. But I'm obsessed <laughs> with him. I'm so obsessed with him. And he pitched the best game of his career. Like, maybe not statistically, but given the circumstances of, like, the fact it's the fucking World Series game and he clinched it for him. You know, he had six shutout innings after the first inning. His fucking ankle got crushed. And I was like, oh, my God, he broke it. He's getting pulled. And he wasn't off to a hard, hot start already that first inning. I don't know what that ankle crushing did to him, but he's like a whole new person on the mound. I was like, I mm -hmm. fucking love this man. And then he had a post-game interview, not as friendly as Freddie Freeman's, but I think Bobby's like, how are you feeling? Like, whatever. He's like, I'm exhausted. And he looked so miserable on this broadcast. I was like, this guy just wants to go to bed. <laughs> a man after my own heart. Yeah, I was like, very relatable. I'm like, as if I didn't love you already, like, it's like 1130. You just won the fucking World Series. And he looks like he has to go, like, door-to-door, -door, like, selling, like, retirement plans or something. <laughs> what? Why did I just have an epiphany that I am him and you are Freddie Freeman? <laughs> like, no fun. joke. No joke. I actually just had that epiphany, and it is so true, because I'm going to, like, dude... When you get married, you're going to be like, yeah, like you, we're going to have kids and like, it's going to be awesome. And this kind of stuff. And I'm just going to be like, I'm exhausted and I want to go home. 
<laughs> it's pretty because Freddie Freeman is like such a like oh my family like look at my wife look at my kids like I love life at all times <laughs> and Max Freeman is nice. just like yeah I won the World Series I'm just ready to go to bed <laughs> that we fuck the yin and yang of podcasting we are those two <laughs> I fucking love that and I love that comparison <laughs> so much sense to me <laughs> i love that we need to do something with that because that's perfect yep <laughs> yep it that it makes sense to me um i see your note in our show notes about jock peterson and i did not know about this so i'm gonna let you like go off for a second okay yeah so obviously i actually tweeted about it jeff Hassan initially tweeted it and i was like this is like all my niche interests coming into one so i guess I'm sure you saw Harry had a concert last week in Atlanta, and I think he wore a Braves jersey, and he was like, yep, they're going all the way, which I kind of just assumed he was saying that just because he was in Atlanta. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jock Peterson saw that, and I guess he sent Harry a jersey, like signed or whatever, and the note on it said, from one bad bitch to another, love Jock Peterson. <laughs> and I already love Jock Peterson as is. I think he's so funny. But I'm like, wow, this is just like my world's colliding. And I just love that note. From one bad bitch to another. <laughs> when worlds collide. <laughs> yeah, I want to add that audio here. Just like the, the TikTok, when worlds collide. Um, <laughs> but no, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because honestly, if I've ever seen two bad bitches other than us, those two. <laughs> That's those two. Actually, we have a third bad bitch. I have to give a shout out to Tugger Davison. I've tweeted about him now a few times. He was the first interview I did for my Miley project, which is coming out. It's That's what I tweeted about the other day when I was like, I need someone to s- transcribe six hours of video. That's what the six hours of video is. I interviewed 87 mm. Miley leaguers and I tried doing it by hand. That's not happening. That's not fucking happening. But so he was the first interview I did like over Zoom he is the nicest person alive. I think he's 26. And this was, I think he made his major league debut during 2020. But so he started game five. I'm sure everyone probably saw that. But he's the nicest person ever. And we should all support him. I don't care if you're not a Braves fan. If you hate the Braves, be a Tucker Davidson stand because he's the nicest person. And he now has World Series ring. So go Tucker. That was and my final shout Tucker. Out. Um, my last question about this before we get into my favorite topic we will ever talk about on this show. Um, what did you think of Harry as Dorothy? Oh, I loved it. Okay, me too. And my sister, because my sister comes in my room and she's like, have you heard of this thing? Like, friend of Dorothy? I was like, yeah, have you not? <laughs> I was like, that's Wait, what like does that the mean? whole, you don't know that? Don't make me. Ah! Ah, Are you shaming me? No, I'm not shaming you. Maybe I'm just too invested in this type of stuff. But so, (laughs) (laughs) a friend of Dorothy is basically like someone like I don't know if I'm describing this the right like how it is all like probably the perfect definition. But basically, it's like someone a part of the LGBTQ community or like a gay person, whatever. Because Judy Garland herself was a big advocate of like the LGBTQ plus community in a time when that was just like not really a thing, obviously. Hey, that's and me. So, yeah. So if someone was gay, but they didn't want to like come out and say it, they'd be like, oh, she's a friend. They're a friend of Dorothy. 
So I thought that was kind of because my sister's like, what does that mean? That's what I think the symbolism was there, unless he was just like, I'm gonna be Dorothy. I don't but I assuming because yeah. it's Harry Styles, that's probably what it was. Well, maybe we should add into our Twitter bio that we are also friends of Dorothy because I <laughs> fucking actually love that more. I, I that is the coolest thing I've heard. Can I change my high to that? Yeah, absolutely. Because like. I feel like that's so cool. Like the fact that there was like an underground way to like describe yourself before you were able to like, and and not that you are able to describe yourself now, obviously, like we've been through this, you know, two weeks ago when I was like, you know what, I'm tired of hiding. The fact that there was like, you know, a way to say something in such a discreet way is like so cool to me. I think that that's like fucking beautiful. Yeah, no, that's why I think still sometimes like in like, what like gay pride parades you'll like see like wizard of oz themes a lot and that's usually where it stems back to i think i only know this because i was one night like really heavily invested on youtube and judy garland's life and that happened to come up <laughs> see that's so funny to me because like i have been involved in like the lgbtq plus community since i was like 18 years old like i remember my first clubs and everything that like that that i went to always gay clubs first pride parade i ever went to i was 18 years old in san francisco like an intern out there like and i have never ever i like i like to think that i am like i don't want to say that i'm like woke in the community or whatever because like obviously there is no way to like be as informed as you'd like to be on things but it's like the fact that i didn't know that and you're telling me that and i'm the half gay one and you're not <laughs> is like fucking awesome <laughs> I know. I'm like I'm fucking like straight the fucking ruler. <laughs> That's why we work, you know. Um. So okay. So I lied. I'm so sorry, SNS. I have been lying a lot this week because I lied about. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you already know what I lied about last week. If you don't, go follow me on Twitter at Kenny Middleton. But I said that this was going to be my favorite thing we'd ever talk about on the show, and I think that that little tidbit might be my favorite. But <laughs> second favorite. I think that we need to address Monkey Gate. I thought this story was fake at first. Like, I saw the tweets about it. I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about fucking monkey? And I just searched monkey and, like, football on Twitter. And I was like, this is made up. This isn't real. <laughs> so I kind of, like, brushed it off. That I saw it again. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, it's even not kind of funny, but it is funny. <laughs> So my favorite thing about it, because like we have we have gotten into the whole, you know, Texas football thing before here and how I feel about them joining the SEC and stuff. If you are new here, which I know not everyone is a repeat listener, I hate that Texas is like probably going to join the SEC. But I love that the state of Texas and their fans right now are just like kicking themselves constantly because not only are, do they suck and are they losing and all and you know the SEC and blah blah blah, but it's like the fact that this was a Texas coach and correct me if I'm wrong, this I do believe that I read that this coach the like it's his girlfriend's monkey that was biting people. Yeah. But the girlfriend is a stripper. Yes, I believe that's what I also read. That's what I was also under the impression of that the girlfriend's a stripper, which awesome for her. I love that. It's even funnier than love strippers. <laughs> if you are new here, I am the most pro stripper person of all time. Like literally went to week one of the NFL and went to the same strip club two nights in a row. And I'm on strip talk. So, you know, your girl, your girl is here for the stripper life. But it's like, how, first of all, are you a coach at a university who has a stripper girlfriend who owns a monkey who is biting people? 
Like that just is like the, like, how do you, like, as a, you're the writer here. I just, I, I talk pretty for a living, but like you do the same, but you like actually write about it as well. How did people like write these headlines? Like Texas football coaches, stripper, girlfriend has monkey who like attacks kids on Halloween. I will say, I wish I was a writer that covered college football in that realm, (laughs) just because the amount of like funny ass leads you can make for that story alone. Oh my God. Like there's so many, like you don't even have to work to make people interested in this story just because there's so many of it that just sounds like it's like a fucking Mad Lib, but there are so many jokes you can make. And I wish that this one moment that I covered that team. Honestly, me too, because I would love to read these stories from you because like, I feel like one thing that you do really well that like, I feel like a lot of writers try to, you know, seem funny or they try too hard to seem funny, but it's like Mm -hmm. when you write, it's like, you don't have to try. It's like, you can very much pick up on who you are as a person when you write, which I think is so important and so hard to find. Um, And I enjoy that about your writing, but I think that would be like so funny in this scenario. Yeah, no, well, one, thank you. But two, yeah, I feel like when you're given something like this easy to work with, it's like, don't even think about the fact that you're like writing, like, oh, I have to be a professional. Like, it's a funny fucking story. So just like, whatever your train of thought is, just put it on paper. Like, that's such like bare minimum, like basic, like, yeah, no shit. But writing, obviously, everyone knows you overthink when you're doing it. This is like a slam dunk. (laughs) There is so much you can do with this. Yeah, and I just, I love it. It's, it's my favorite thing. Shout out to my friend Evan. Um, fuck the state of Texas and your football program. Stay out of the SEC. You're not in the East. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you um, had some notes about the NLL, which I am still very new to, but I do have some comments about what you wrote. So I will allow you a moment of spotlight, my queen. Yes, so this is, uh, the NLL actually is starting December 3rd, so a month from now. But training camps is starting up, and this is kind of just like a feel-good story. Um, I'm not going to assume that anyone's really been following this. I have just because I'm very deep in lacrosse Twitter now that I follow. His name is, and I've been practicing the pronunciation of this. Kendra can see I have it written out. I don't want to. No comfort. Yes, Koichi Nakamura. So he is a Japanese lacrosse player. He's from, you know, from Japan, whatever. Lacrosse is not big in Japan. That's not... Some secret, not surprising to anyone. But so he signed with the Toronto Rock yesterday to a one-year agreement. They're an NLL team, obviously. That doesn't guarantee that he's making the team whenever, you know, he's going to go to training camp. It's kind of like tryouts, basically. Like, what I've gotten, like, because I'm still learning NLL, too, is, like, you have kind of, like, your set roster, but then, like, a lot of these, like, rookies and new guys, you know, they're, like, kind of all competing for spots at this point. Like, just because you signed a deal or an agreement, that doesn't mean you're going to be playing. But so he, on August 12th, declared for the NLL draft, and he was not picked a part of the entry draft. But so I've been following him on Twitter since. Everyone at Lacrosse Flash, you know, they're all who I learn. Because box lacrosse is very much a Canadian thing. And at Lacrosse Flash, they're a big box, so if you want to follow the NLL, follow Lacrosse Flash in general. But I've already learned a lot from them from about box lacrosse. But so he declared for the NLL draft August 12th, was not selected. And since then, he's just been, like, tweeting at all these NLL teams, like, hey, sign me, like, take a look at me. Like, here's my videos, like, here's my highlights, whatever. 
and I just see him every single day and I think that's like he's so like determined to get signed it was just like such a happy moment like very light-hearted moment especially in a week that sports have kind of sucked aside from like the Braves winning the World Series there have not mm-hmm. been much good to come from it and it's actually cute he's been retweeting every single like um congratulations he's been thanking everyone individually and I just think it's very sweet but then also I did a deeper dive just on his story in general so um he's entirely self-taught you know he played I think it was basketball and softball growing up and then he went Mm -hmm. to college and he was watching like YouTube videos on lacrosse like learning through that way and he was able to get some of his friends interested and they were able to start a recreational league at their college And it got so popular that the team ended up making a university team. And so it's kind of like he already, like, started this whole movement at his college. And from there, it was his, right, his senior year, he studied abroad. And I think it was, he started off in Australia. And so he was playing lacrosse internationally. You know, he's getting looks from places. And now, most recently, he's in the UCBLL, which is the Upstate Collegiate Box Lacrosse League in Upstate New York. So that's where he's been playing. So that's probably why he's been getting more looks here in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. Canada. But, yeah, so he's been playing there, and he's going to be heading to training camp for The Rock. I believe it's this weekend. And his goal is to become the first Asian-born and trained player in the pros. And so, you know what? Just shout out to Koichi Nakamura because that is fucking amazing, and I love that. And I'm like... That's the first, like, big story I've seen out of the NLL besides, like, them signing the deal with ESPN. Obviously, just, like, mm-hmm. entry draft stuff. Like, for me, like, mm-hmm. I try and become a fan. I'm like, that's so sweet. Like, I am rooting for this kid, you know. Everyone go follow him on Twitter because he's just – it's like a breath of fresh air. I love it. Yeah, oh, my God. I was just going to say I'm going to go follow him on everything that I can find him on after this show. I literally just wrote it in our show notes. I don't know if you saw me do that. Um, But this is, like, the most, like, heart – like, the fact that he's self-taught is, like, Mm -hmm. I I just feel like the ultimate immigrant story. And it's, like, if he ever makes it to the PLL, I will absolutely buy his jersey, no question, hands down. Like, this is just, like, one of those – like, I literally have goosebumps. And this is – I just – the fact that someone cares so much and – like wants to be somewhere so bad like you just you really I know that as a writer it's like something that you cling on to as far as like these stories go because it's like you know you always like feel these like stories in yourself Mm -hmm. but it's like someone who's not a writer and just doesn't have that sort of you know gift it's like I still feel so deeply for this kid and I just I really I, I hope that this turns into just a story that you started out you know cheering for this kid for that develops into him being a PLL player and you know moving forward after that I I honestly I don't know how you feel but I I would love to have him on the show I know that we're strictly you know girls these days and we have like you know some leniency for athletes and like stuff like that but he's absolutely someone I would love to have on here no I think again everyone go just take a look like deeper look into like his social media especially you can just see it like I think his pin tweet right now is like I'm declaring for the NLL draft I want to be the first Asian born player in the pros like in lacrosse like He made all these strides already, like, in Japan. And I feel like we've talked about before, like, lacrosse still is a growing sport here in the U.S. Like, imagine, like, being somewhere like that where you, like, don't even have the resources and the access. Like, lacrosse is kind of a hard sport to get into in general because it is – it's kind of like hockey. It's more on the expensive end, especially if you want to be competitive. But in Japan where it's just, like, non-existent. Like, he had to get a recreational league off the ground. And he was just watching YouTube and stuff. And I was, like, reading interviews. And he's like, yeah, like, I used, like, what I learned from basketball and softball. Like, he had no, like, higher person up that's like, oh, yeah, like, 
I played this. Like, let me tell you about my experience. Like, he was literally just, like, self-taught and was able to get this all, like, set off the ground. And he had these high goals for himself that now he is. Like, he signed to this one-year deal with the Toronto Rock in the NLL. And I just think that's amazing. Like, kudos to him, honestly. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. And it's like, I'm sure if we ever had a conversation with him, we could like obviously dive into that deeper. So that's definitely a guess. I mean, like, I think that it would, I think, I think we should reach out to him. I would love that because obviously with the NLL season, like we're going to have a lot of like female figures mm-hmm. that work in the NLL, yep. but also just to have like, if you're going to have a player, I feel like that is someone that would be amazing. Even if he doesn't end up making the team, just to hear his story and his experience. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like if he doesn't make the team, that's like it for him. Like he's here mm-hmm. to play lacrosse, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So uh, stay tuned for that. It might be something to come from the Saturdays and Seltzers girls. As of right now, we are going to get into our interview. So here we go. What's up, you guys? We are now here with our girl, Taylor Mathis. She is a digital reporter for Bet Karma and Awesomeo. You can follow her on Instagram at, is it Shy Sports Chick? And Shy on Sports Twitter. Chick. That is yep. right. Perfect. And Twitter at TMath11792. How do you, is that your birthday? 11? That's my birthday. My birthday okay. is in four, in four days. Yeah. <gasps> oh, yeah. So close. Queen. I am. Yep. Oh, my God. Happy birthday. Do you have any plans? Thank yeah. You. Happy early birthday. Um, I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm mostly excited to wear my dress that I got. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to wear my birthday dress, probably like go to dinner and go get drinks, you know, nothing too crazy. I'm going to be really old. So. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> who are, who are you wearing for your birthday? Um, I'm wearing Oh Polly. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, yep. but that's, that's what I'm going to be wearing. I got this Ooh. really cool beaded hot pink dress. So it, I'm excited for it. I'm also after this today, I'm going to dye my hair pink. It's going to be a temporary Ooh. thing because I really want to try it and I've never done anything like that. So I was like, I'm just going to do it for the weekend. It's temporary dye. See how it looks with my dress. So try it out. Love what are that. the odds you keep it? Zero. Zero. Zero? Keep, it, keep it because of work. Honestly, that's the mm. only reason. Like, even if I love it, it's, I know, like, I wouldn't be allowed to keep it. So unfortunately it'll have to go even if I love it, but I'm like, this should last for like a week or maybe a little bit longer than a week. And then it'll just wash out. And I'll be back. <laughs> so can we, can we start a petition to get you to keep it? I hope it looks good though. I'm like very nervous. I've always been blonde. So I've never done anything to my hair. So I'm like, this is the first time I'm trying something. I'm going like way outside the box. I think you could go full Britney and still be like the most perfect human of all time. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so I know we talked earlier that you are a Midwesterner who has transplanted to Arizona. I want to know yes. like where you're from and how I know that like Chicago and like all of that kind of stuff is where your sports stuff like sort of sits, but I want to know how you became to be this sports personality that you are now. Yeah, so I grew up in a really small town in Illinois, actually called Sandwich, like a sandwich that you eat. Um, Grew up in the middle of nowhere, farm town, really small. And then after I, you know, went through that, I kind of grew up loving sports, but I never played sports. I competitively cheered my whole life, and that was pretty much it. My grandpa, diehard, biggest Cubs fan ever, and he took me to my first game when I was five. 
and I fell in love with baseball. So that's like really where my love for sports started. Huge Cubs fan. I was obsessed. I learned how to do a scorecard. I used to make up cheers with my little sister. Every guy that would like come up to bat when we would watch, te- like watch the games on TV, we'd make up cheers for like Corey Patterson, Derek Lee, all those guys that <laughs> played on the Cubs back in the day. And that's really where my sports like love started. And then my dad is from Iowa, grew up a Cowboys fan because he had no pro team growing up. So that's kind of where he developed his love for football. And he raised me a Cowboys fan. So I'm actually not a Bears fan. I'm a Chicago girl. That's a Cowboys fan, which is kind of random. So that's where my love for football and baseball came. And I love hockey and I really like basketball too, but I feel like moving out here to Arizona hockey like just isn't as prevalent and it used to be so much bigger for me when I lived in the Midwest now I've kind of fell off the wagon a little bit basketball's huge here but it's just always kind of been like not my sport per se so football and baseball is like really where I got my love I went to Iowa got my journalism degree and pretty much since then I started in local television doing sports And now I've moved my way up into the betting space. And that's kind of where I'm at now, um, working for these betting companies, doing a lot of digital content. Yeah, totally. I have recently moved into the betting space as well. And it is, it's very intimidating at first, but I feel like it's definitely, it's so intimidating because there's a lot of, you know, you can know sports better than anybody else, but it's, if, if you don't know the terminology and you don't have an ounce of luck, you are so fucked. And you know what the other thing is that I think about too, from being in betting and before it was like, I was doing sidelining. I sidelined for the suns out here for two years. So it'd be like, I had a live hit for 30 seconds and I'd say something and then I'm done. And now I'm like, I go on these shows and I'm like, I have to know my shit. I have to know, like, can I say shit? I don't know. Oh my God. You can, you can <laughs> oh, say yeah. anything. Oh my God. Want. Yeah. You, no I'm like, here. you know, I've got to know like my stats and I've got to have my reasonings for why I'm backing a certain team. And it's like a lot more extensive than just going on and doing a quick live hit on a team for like 30 seconds. Then you're like, cool, I'm done. I can sit and watch the game now. Yep. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, you picked the right podcast though with me and Sarah, because I am all football and she is baseball lacrosse and hockey. Oh, and all I that love sort of it. Stuff. Yes. I yeah. saw that you're in the lacrosse. Like, I, wish, I know nothing about lacrosse. I wish I knew something about it. I don't, but I feel like that's a very, hey, now's show. the time. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It'll make Definitely. its way. Yeah. It's moving westward. Love it. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, lacrosse is growing like crazy. Um, but I want to ask you, so I have said recently on Twitter that, I mean, I think that if you're not a Cowboys fan, you fucking hate the Cowboys. And I oh. fall in, I fall into that category, but I will say if you took the Cowboys logo off of that team, it would probably be my favorite roster in football right now. I love this team. How can you not love, like, I don't know if you guys watched Hard Knocks at all, but like oh, Trayvon totally. Diggs in his I'm like, I'm obsessed with him. He is like, I I want him as a child. I love him. And then I'm like, how can you not love Dak? He's just seems like such a good guy. Like, and what he's come back from in one season Mm -hmm. is absolutely crazy to me. Like, I love Amari Cooper. Like he seems like they all are like very, I, I feel like, like, obviously I don't know firsthand, Mm -hmm. but they're all very like humble guys. And I feel like they all want to like, spread all of them being successful as a team there's no guy that's like I'm the best everybody else I don't care about you I'm only here for myself type of thing so I'm like I don't know how you can't like them right now either I know everybody like hates the hates on the Cowboys so much but 
I just like love them all as individual players too. Jacob Vander Esch is my favorite on that roster right oh, now. Oh, and I like forgot about him. He's a great I love one him. too. I love so him. Good guys. So many good I know. Guys. I remember in his draft class when they when the Cowboys took him, I think oh God, what slot did they take him at? Like 20, was it 23? Yeah, I would thought um, it was. It was something like that. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and there's still all of these players on the board that the Cowboys needed. And I was like, really? Him? And Why are they I'm taking just, him? Yeah, I'm so glad that it wound up working out for them because you know there there are those that you question sometimes like I mean even when Tom Brady was drafted you know what I mean people were like I mean who, who is oh, this kid of you know and I, right. I'm, just, I'm so I'm so glad that it worked out but the NFC East is kind of a dumpster fire of a division so I'm so I'm curious you know with like the reputation that this division has obviously it's the Cowboys to lose right now in my opinion I mean Jalen Hurts is playing really well with the Eagles and you know this 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 division has that reputation but how how comfortable are you feeling where you guys are sitting right now oh I I feel like we have no problems. And like, even this past week with Dak out and Cooper Rush, I mean, Cooper Rush finished a game with a leading touchdown, like with a drive to win the game. And Tom Brady didn't do that against the Saints this week. So I feel very confident in where the Cowboys are at. And people actually have been like asking me on Twitter, like, do you think that they'll sit Dak another week just to be sure? I don't think they will. I think Dak can't. They can't. That division is too tight. I agree. I think they're fine. I think he's fine. I think uh, according to what people were saying anyway, a lot of people thought he would have been fine to have played this week, but I think they were just trying to be better safe than sorry. And I was like the Vikings, like, I think they were like four point favorites after Dak was sitting too. And I was like in complete shock that they were honestly that big of favorites still. So I'm, I'm feeling really confident though. I'm not worried whatsoever. I feel like We've got it in the back. I'm going to be more nervous when we get to the playoffs because we can't finish like the first round of the playoffs to save our lives. So pretty much we're going to be screwed then. But we hate when we can't finish. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I just was curious what your thoughts are on that division and how comfortable you're feeling. As a Chicago girl, I'm assuming you do keep up with the Bears, though. I do. Of course okay. I keep up with the bears. <laughs> so I have two questions and then we can kind of move into the stuff and include Sarah in like other football. Talk. <laughs> but I, my, my two questions for you are, first of all, um, the whole Justin Field situation. I understand, you know, when you take a rookie quarterback, it's not always a starter situation. Usually when they're right. drafted that high, it is a starter situation because that's mm-hmm. something that they like a dire need that they need to address. Exactly. But, and, but I think the rookies need reps when they are drafted in those situations. And I think that I just, I want to know your thought process as to why he didn't start or play sooner and what Matt Nagy's deal is with just putting this kid on the bench. I don't, I wish I knew the answer to that because I'm like, I don't understand Nagy either and what he was doing. I'm like, it's not like you have, you know, Tom Brady that you're like, oh, I'm going to consider sitting. You have Andy Dalton, who's like majority of his career, most of the time been a backup. So like you're that amped and that stoked to start an older backup quarterback over this rookie that you moved up for specifically to draft. And you've already had one issue in Trubisky earlier. Like you're basically doing the exact same thing, except now you're not going to start a rookie for what reason? I really have no idea. I don't know. I'm like, him and Andy Dalton must be like real good buddies or something because I didn't understand why they waited on that. And now, obviously, it's not like Fields is coming out the gate right now and he's like the answer to the Chicago Bears fan base. Totally. But it's like, it's going to take time. He's a rookie. Give him, give him reps. 
And I'm like, why not start now? What's the point of sitting him a year behind watching Andy Dalton? I'm like, exactly. Learning. I don't, I just, I don't really get it. I think it's going to take time to see if he pans out when people like, of course, you know, love to compare all these rookie quarterbacks. You have a guy like Kyler Murray, who's been panning out amazing for the Cardinals, but then you've got a guy like Tua on the Dolphins who everybody is like, is underachieving. I really feel like it's how much the organization puts into that quarterback too, though, on developing them. Like I feel terrible for Tua in Miami. I've been thinking about this the past few days because there were all those rumors that Deshaun Watson's going to go to the mm-hmm. Dolphins. If mm-hmm. I were them, I would have shut those. Oh God, barf for real. Yeah. I don't even yeah. understand how he's still in the even an option in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. But the Retweet. fact that the Dolphins don't shut down those rumors and they mm-hmm. allow Tua to think that they they the had no confidence too. in him. Then. The Panthers like, too, yeah. Yeah, with Donald. Like I just I don't I don't understand like why they do that. I'm like, if I were Tua, I'd be like, why do I want to be on this team? I don't want to be on this team. Like, I'd be like, they don't even want me. They didn't even think to shut down rumors about me. So that's, that's my take on that. I think that Phil Fields still needs some time to develop. Totally. We'll see, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. I do like your point that I think that it really does depend on the organization for the player, because I mean, look at players like Ryan Tannehill right now. Um, But my my last question before we move into um, the rest of our uh, football stuff was, I think outside of Urban Meyer, Matt Nagy is on the second hottest coaching seat in the NFL. So do you think that he's going to survive this season? I don't. I would totally agree with you. Urban Meyer, I actually did a story when the whole dancing with the girl thing happened. Um, for Osimo, I'm honestly shocked that he's even still coaching right Me now. Too. I think it's crazy that he is still coaching, but you know, I'm like, just with everything going on too. And it's like, anytime there's turmoil right now, people are like, get the boot right away. Not Urban Meyer though. He, he seems yep. to get past everything. Yep. So I'm like, he's still there. I think Nagy's gone after this season too. I would be so shocked if he stayed, but honestly, the bears front office is like one of the worst. So if he did would probably be like there they go again just another mistake so yeah who knows totally with you there I just uh I wanted someone else's two cents on that but obviously the big story well we have a few big stories this week first of all Henry Ruggs um, was in an accident last night. If you are listening to this later next week or this weekend we are recording on Wednesday so it was yesterday that he was yesterday was it yesterday yeah Yeah, yesterday that he um, was driving 156 miles an hour, twice the legal limit of um, his blood alcohol level, wound up killing a 23-year-old girl and her dog, which is fucking awful. Um, I I know we have some thoughts about this, Sarah. I know you do as well, uh, just because we have been talking for a second. Sarah, how do you feel? I just feel like, like in 2021, there's no reason that anyone should, like, this type of stuff shouldn't be happening anymore. Like you have Uber, like taxis, you can call friend, whatever. And then also add on to the fact, like you're a pro athlete. I know they said the NFL like offers a service. If you're out somewhere, they will come pick you up. You know, you have all this money. Like there's just no reason. There's no excuse. Like there's no excuse ever, but especially when you're in this position, like you're in this profession, I just, there's no words to say really. And you're a millionaire. There's no excuse like the, oh, I couldn't afford an Uber. Mm-hmm. Give me two seconds, guys. My computer's about to die. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> so fine. So you guys. Let me go pop my chart. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cable. It's broken. It's broken. 
That's exactly 24 7. Two hours later. So, Taylor, I just wanted to know your thoughts on the Henry Ruggs situation. So, I think, first of all, like you were saying, there's Ubers, there's taxis, there's like everything nowadays for you to figure out a way to get home. One, why are you driving under the influence, period? And two, why are you driving that fast is like another thing that I want to know. Like, what is he doing? He's actually, well, was on my fantasy team too. Now he's not. But I personally, with the way, you know, we were kind of talking about before, when turmoil comes up or these situations or allegations, all these things come up with either players or coaches and everything, a lot of times they just get like the boot or canceled or whatever you want to say. And he's like another situation where I almost feel like he's just getting like a little slap on the wrist and uh, it's fine. Yeah, that was, that was just going to be my next point was, do we think that he's actually going to wind up doing any time? Um, but I, I totally agree with you. I think that he will ultimately wind up getting a slap on the wrist, but I think that he is definitely going to go and have to go into hiding because like, it's not one of those things where it's like people are click fishing or whatever for something you said, or an email you sent or something like that. It's you were really dumb and fucking killed somebody. And it's like that those sorts of things you can't, you can't, you know, get yourself out of you. That's just, you, you can't, there's no amount of apologizing or learning or like you can't, there's, you can't come back from that. Um, nor should you, in my opinion, um, unfortunately, but even, even if he does go to jail, I mean, he's going to be in solitary confinement and, and those sorts of things forever. Um, right. but like, I, I do agree with you. So uh, I think my point to all of this, when I, I have two points that I, I would like to ask both of your opinions about when Vegas got a hockey team. I was like, okay, you know, like Sin City, you know, athletes, young athletes specifically with all of this money and disposable income away from home and school. And, you know, it's, it's no longer that it's not as regimented as college football. In my opinion, it's like, you know, it's not like you have class here and you need to be here at this time. And, you know, you're in study hall here. It's like, you're a millionaire with a full-time job that people know who you are. And then when they added the Raiders to Vegas, I was like, this might be a real problem, you know, with people drinking and driving and partying and gambling and those sorts of things. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe with like this situation moving forward with the two of you, like sports teams being in Sin City? I just think like you mentioned at the same point, like it's a job, like at the end of the day, that's your job. Like you should know, like, yeah, it's not college. You you don't have the structure that you do as a college athlete, but like, you should know your limits. You're an adult, like you're being paid to do this. And it's a privilege to play sports professionally. And at the same time, like you're a grown adult. And like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, like he made a mistake, whatever. It's a conscious choice you make. Like, you know what you're doing. I'm not going to say he did on purpose, obviously, but you know what you're doing. Like you have to be held responsible. And like you said, I do think having professional sports teams in Vegas for younger athletes, especially is not always the most ideal situation, but at the same point, you're still an adult. It's still your job and you should be held responsible for what you're doing out there. I I totally agree with you too. I actually never even really thought about the point of them being in Vegas like that, but that's a really good point. I had never really thought about that before. I'm like, yes, they are young and, you know, where they live, they're going to be more susceptible to temptations that they might not be in other cities like 
I'm like trying to think like, I, I don't know, Nashville, tennis. It, I guess that one's not a very good example, but I'm trying to think of like a team that's like in an area that's a little bit more remote. They may not have as many of those opportunities, but at the end of the day, he's an adult. He can make his own decisions. And I mean, he could have probably done that exact same thing if he were in Minnesota, like it could have mm. still happened. He still could have drank and drove and the same results would have happened regardless. Totally. So I think my next question is, you know, looking at this whole situation in not even the last year, the last month, the last two and a half weeks, not only have the Raiders had to deal with John Gruden and that whole situation, but now the spotlight is negatively on them yet again. How do we think that this is going to affect this team moving forward? Oh, I think that already with like, they started out like really hot and beating everybody's expectations, you know, record wise and winning wise and all of that stuff. And I feel like they've kind of started to come back down to earth. They're not as good as people were initially thinking they were. And now I'm like with all this negative press and outside noise that's happening that has nothing to do with them as a team really on the field. I would think it's only going to impact them negatively, but maybe they beat all this adversity and they kind of prove that regardless of all of it, they can still come out on top. I don't really see them being contenders to like win the Super Bowl or anything like that anyway. I'd be so shocked if they were, but who knows crazier things have happened. I mean, the Chiefs are terrible this year and I never expected that. So, so I don't know. I, I mean, I would hope for the rest of the guys on the team, they're able to get past this, but it's a lot that they've had to deal with. Yeah. Sarah, what do you, what do you think as far as like team distractions and whatnot? Yeah. I would say, I'm just curious as to what the locker room feel kind of is at that point. Cause I feel like the team itself, like is probably still very focused, but it's hard when you have all these distractions going on, a lot of change going in and out of there. So I am curious to see how it plays out after this whole thing, because now I feel like that's the only storyline really with that team. Like it doesn't matter how you're performing, like this is going to carry with you throughout the rest of the season. Totally. And, and not even just this season. I, th I don't think that this is, I think that this is going to be a point of conversation continuing because this isn't going to be the last DUI in professional sports in the NFL. Um, we see it, you know, at least unfortunately once a season or so, and that's just in professional football, especially now that like Vegas is kind of starting to become a sports city. I'm curious to see if uh, this unfortunate trend um, seems to project upwards. Um, so we also mentioned that we wanted to talk to you about Calvin Ridley and his situation. Um, we tend to advocate for mental health on this podcast and we are, we are not mental health care professionals, but you know, everyone has their own struggles. And I think that sharing your struggle, whether it be the same or different from someone else is really important just to even talk about it. I will say, and I, I am, I like to think that I'm good at, you know, admitting when I am wrong. And I think in this situation, I was wrong with Calvin Ridley. Um, I think when, you know, someone is, sat for an extended period of time who is an impact player. Um, unfortunately, I, 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 my mind went somewhere that was not as wholesome and it's not like it's a wholesome thing to be dealing with something, but it's more so, you know, okay, is there a woman involved? Is there, you know, X, Y, Z when someone's not playing and the team's being very quiet about it. But mm -hmm. unfortunately for Calvin Ridley in this position, um, it sounds like he's dealing with some mental health stuff um and you know my personal take and I said this on Twitter was that if it doesn't I don't I don't give a shit what your profession is and if you need a minute especially like we've learned in COVID if you need a minute 
take it. Oh my God. Like just because you're a professional athlete and like you make all this money does not mean that your mental is perfect. Um, right. so I, I am sorry that I, I thought that about Calvin Ridley because I am a huge fan about of, of his. Um, but I, I'm very happy that he is, um, using his platform to advocate for himself and other athletes. So I'm curious what your thoughts here are. Oh my gosh. I like, I love that you guys advocate for that. And I love your point that you just said about like, regardless of your profession, everybody can have their moments and everybody is dealing with stuff that you, you don't know about. And I feel that a lot, you guys might too, working in sports. And for me, I think working on the digital side and a lot in social media, people like, if you don't post for like a day or something on Twitter, mm-hmm. like people will be like in my DMS, like what's going on. And they feel like they need to know everything about your personal life sometimes. And I go back and forth on the fence because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to put too much out there about my own personal mental health. And I'm like, because then I'm like, are people going to think that I look, I'm weak? Like I, if I'm saying this, do I look weak? But then at the same time, I'm like, no, I should be able to have my feelings and feel too, just like everybody else's, just because I might be out there a little bit more than the next person publicly, I should be able to feel how I want to feel. And I'm a big advocate for mental health as well. I'm somebody who deals with my own stuff when it comes to anxiety and depression. So I am all for people like using their platforms in the right way to advocate for it and to show other people that like, you're not alone dealing with it. Everybody deals with this kind of stuff, regardless of who you are. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing. I was going to, I was going to say, say, it's not, I was gonna say it's not necessarily like a positive of the situation but like it is good like you're saying to use your platform and I feel like especially for men it's so hard to talk out about their mental health because it is kind of a taboo thing that's like I don't know I feel like people are still learning that so when you have a professional male athlete coming out and be like I need to take a break like like you said it doesn't matter what your job is at the end of the day it's still a job I think not that it's like nice to see like oh like this guy is taking a break but for other men where it is still kind of something that they're not fully accepting yet that like you can show your emotions like you can have these moments of all right I need to take it back I need a moment to myself like I think that's kind of a good thing to come out of this and I think it's good to see that he was able to get himself in line like be brave enough to be like I just can't do this right now. Right. I like the word brave in that situation because, you know, a lot of these like crazy people who like, like to hide behind a screen on the internet are going to be like, oh, you know, toughen up, rub some dirt on it, whatever. And it's like, okay, bro, like you're not out there. Like, and and you never know what it's, even in today's world it's like there's so much just outside of mental health when you're a professional athlete like getting hit constantly has to it doesn't even matter what the inside and outside sources of what you're going through are I can't even imagine like showing up to work and being all right how many times am I going to get hit today like that has to take a toll on you definitely so I mean like I I, like I said I mean we're not healthcare professionals or anything like that but we I I don't want to I I love that our brand has kind of grown into this all right, it's uncomfortable. Let's talk about it. And I, I really, really, it, it's meant mental health care awareness, mental health awareness month, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. So yeah, I've seen Sarah posting about it. And I think that it is taboo. Like, like you guys said, it, it's absolutely something that people don't talk enough about, especially in men and professional sports. And I'm hoping that, you know, when 
when he is feeling, you know, more himself or ready to, you know, come back or those sorts of things, that might be something he dives into if, if he's able to find a space that he is comfortable to do that in. I totally agree with you for sure too. I think like everybody should be able to take a break if they need to take a break every once in a while. I know I've been, my life has been a roller coaster the last two weeks. And I was like, I, I deleted Instagram yesterday for the first time in maybe my whole life. And I'm like, I'm just not going to use it for, I need it for my mental health right now. I need to not be on there. And I'm like, I, it's technically like part of my job, but I'm like, you know, I've got other platforms. I can do other things for a little bit. I just, I need a little break from this. So whatever way works for you. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I have thought about doing the same thing, but it's like, I I mean, I'm sure Sarah, you've thought this too. It's like, you know, this, you build such a brand for yourself and you're scared to take a step away from that brand for a minute because it's like, okay, what followers am I losing? What companies are not going to see me for a couple of days? Who am I not going to reach right now? And it's like, we talked to our guest last week, Jessica Kleinschmidt, and she was saying, you know, social media is just your highlight reel. And it absolutely is. And I, I, I really, really commend you for, you know, taking that time that you need away from something, despite how it might affect you, because you're, you're putting your mental health for it first. I think that that's just, that's so commendable. Yeah, I think so too. And I love that, like I was saying, I like that you guys are talking about this because I think, you know, athletes, men, like we were saying, don't talk about it very much. Women are more prone to talk about it nowadays, but Mm -hmm. I feel like women in our industry, maybe not as much because of the fact that we're also like in the public eye and everybody has to seem like they're butterflies and rainbows, like 24 seven and happy. And that's not always the case. And we're in a male dominated space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's my biggest issue is it's like, I would love to talk about my fucking feelings, but it's like, <laughs> I'm surrounded by 50 year old men constantly. And I can't be like, oh, I'm PMSing right now. And like, I'm just really getting so far in my head about this because they're just gonna be like, okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's just See, like, like, there's, oh, go ahead, Sarah. I was gonna say, my thing is, I just like hate like, cause yeah, we are in public space. Like you need that for your work, whatever. I just feel like people like follow you on like Twitter, Instagram, wherever, and feel like they know everything about you. And that's when I start to really hit my breaking point. Oh where, like, my God. All these apps and go off the grid. Like I cannot, you don't know me in real life. You like no like you said, it's a highlight, highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Like, you know, nothing about me, you know, like literally what I posted and that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I choose to share? You know that I work in sports. I have a dog and the teams that I like, like, like exactly. There's not much else to it. That's yeah. It's like, you don't know my little, like, you don't know what I've been through. So it's like, right. as, as much as I am the queen of like putting someone in their place, I will always, always do it after I've tried the nice approach or if you don't deserve it, then like that's off the table, but I will always be nice to you before I chop the head off the snake. Um, so yeah, I mean like, and, and, and I know that that's not always the best way to do it, but it's like, you don't have, you never, ever know. First of all, everything that someone's been through, I don't care how well you know them or how it made them feel yeah. because you're not, you're not in here. And second of all, like you just, you like be nice to people. Like, it's not that hard. Like people really, really have a hard time with having civil discourse with one another when disagreeing. It's like, if you want to be like an advocate for something, like mean it. Definitely. And that's how I feel about that. Um, (laughs) So 
into something, I, I wouldn't say that this is a lighter topic, and I'm not sure your status on vaccines or anything like that, but the hottest, hottest news. And when I say the hottest news in sports today, the fucking Atlanta Braves won the World Series yesterday, and I have not seen a damn word about anything other than Aaron Rodgers today, so we're going to get into it. Um, I would like your uh, thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation news this morning. Okay, first of all, yeah, congrats to the Braves because, like I was saying, I'm a huge baseball girl too. And I called them winning it yesterday. I was like, I, not that that's that great of news because they were obviously already up in the series, but I picked my winner already for 2022. I'm going with the White Sox. That's my early wow. prediction. Ooh. As a Cubs fan, that really hurts me to say, but that's who I'm taking. <laughs> but in, okay. terms of Aaron, in terms of Aaron Rodgers, um, I think my biggest problem with the entire thing is the fact that he like lied about everything. I'm like, why are you lying? Like if you weren't vaccinated, like at least I'm like, I can respect Cole Beasley for the fact that he said he wasn't vaccinated and owned it. Like Aaron Rodgers made it seem like he was vaccinated to the entire world. And then actually he wasn't like hmm. he he already bothers me beyond belief so like that this is just like adding more fuel to the fire for me <laughs> I can't him, so well I take it you are pro-vax I I am we pro- are vaccinated it's okay you don't I, have to I'm throw pro, it out there <laughs> I'm pro choice of do whatever you think is going to make you happiest honestly totally yeah I'm very like, much like I don't want to, if somebody makes a decision to do it, great for them. If they have a reason why they don't, I respect that too. I'm very like all about choices, but I mostly what I like don't respect is Aaron Rodgers lying about it. Like, yep. Me up front. Like, that's what my biggest thing is. Yeah, totally. Our stance, like we are vaccinated, but like, I don't think that you can be a my body, my choice advocate as much as you feel that the most uh, you're like keeping other people safe and healthy thing to do is getting vaccines. And we are very much on that boat. So we are vaccinated, but, um, we are very much like take care of your people. Um, Mm -hmm. but my thing is, is that I want to know what this lie really boils down to, because his quote in that press conference was that he was immunized, which means he could have either had COVID or he was lying about not having COVID. But the thing is, is that if he was lying, the organization still knew his vaccination status and he has been wearing a mask around the facilities. He has been wearing a mask in interviews and all of those types of things. So it's like, as much as it seems like, yeah, the Packers are going to be fined. It's like, see something, say something. Um, If he was not wearing a mask and unvaccinated, he has put people at risk. Do you think that it's going to be a fine for him and the Packers, a suspension? Like, where do we see this going? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm like very, part of me, like when this first came out this morning and I didn't know that part of what you said yet. Cause I haven't, I didn't read as much about it. I saw it like earlier this morning and that was it. Mm-hmm. But at first I was just like, oh my God, like in my head, go figure Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, and nobody said anything because it's Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he's such a moneymaker for the league. Yep, so that's like yep. the first thing that I think about. Um, so I'm like, part of me is like, well, I don't know. I would think that they only find him and not the team. I don't know though. I'm like, he deserves something obviously for what's happening. But then again, the I like, did protect they- him though. Right. But see, I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm so torn on like, 
well, who knew who didn't did the league already know this and nobody said anything like because it was Aaron Rodgers because if this would have been somebody way smaller something probably would have already been done about this a while ago mm-hmm. but because of who he is nothing was done so I just I don't know I'm like interested to see how the league handles it because I feel like with everything the NFL is like dealing with so much I feel like right now mm-hmm. and I feel like everything kind of just goes by these case-by-case basis and sometimes I'm like oh, they, they actually did something. And then other times I'm like, oh, they did literally nothing. They should have done more. Sarah, what punishment do you think is like, you know, if, if everyone's assumptions are correct, like if he was trying to make it seem like he was vaccinated and the team was protecting him, like, what do you, what do you think is like the appropriate punishment here? Well, I did see it said that he was trying to opt for an alternative treatment. So I don't know what that means because I actually got blocked by someone on Twitter today because, you know, he's obviously, what is he, engaged to Shailene Woodley? Are they engaged? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask you guys about that. (laughs) She's very, very out there. I know she's someone that's like, make her own medicine, whatever. And so someone tweeted, they're like, oh, like poor Shailene Woodley has to put up with this guy, blah, blah, blah. And so all I responded was, you must not know much about Shailene Woodley because that's that's all I said because like I kind of traced back to those two probably did have some alternative treatment and then I just got blocked so I don't know (laughs) see I I was just oh go ahead sorry (laughs) no I just don't understand like I feel like it was him like I don't want to like make any assumptions here but I would not be shocked if there is some alternative treatment those two were yeah. <laughs> I also got to throw this out there. My roommate and I were talking about this the other day and we're like, how does Aaron Rodgers like get these women in Hollywood? Like Shane <laughs> who didn't he date like Olivia Wilde or something I'll like that? I'll tell you. And I'm just like, how is he getting all of these women? I'd love to know because it doesn't sound like he's the nicest guy from what I know. <laughs> like, I will, I will tell you. It's because there are girls who got daddy issues like me, baby. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find Aaron Rodgers attractive because he looks like a 50-year-old dad. That is, oh. boom, there it is. Um, I was so shocked by this personally because I thought Shailene Woodley was like this huge SJW because like when all of those pipeline protests were happening, she like got arrested protesting. And I was like, yeah, you go girl, whatever. And it's like, I would have thought that someone who is like, you know, this SJW, like all like, like seems to believe in science and stuff. Like I thought that she would be vaccinated, but it's like, I feel like vaccines are like a very personal thing. So like, if you're dating someone, like, I feel like you share those vaccine ideas. So that's why I was like shocked to know about like Shailene Woodley. See, she varies like much pick and choose what social issues that she cares about. Cause I remember reading a story, I don't know what year it was, but she was like advocating for reusable tampons. And that's when I was like, all right, something's kind of off with this girl. And you know, she's roommate, another one of those. My roommate <laughs> said that too. And I don't know that much. Like, obviously, I've seen some of her movies and stuff like that, but I don't know yeah. that much about her. My roommate's like, she's kind of she is weird. Interesting. Yeah, like she's like, she's a little <laughs> something. I love her. she's another one in hollywood she doesn't shower that's another one that does no for not showering i could see her not showering though like i think that like i can get that i mean to uh, each your own like go for it girl if you don't want to (laughs) like like, i saw some quotes today 
no no she like crosses the line because I saw a quote she's like oh yeah like I make my own like lotions like shampoos like toothpaste so I was like all right good for you but then it was like my own medicine it's like all right pause (laughs) let's take a step back here I'm all for that shit do whatever the fuck you want but I don't know if making your own medicine is the best idea see I am into that shit like I'm on that like side of TikTok and everything but I'm still fucking vaccinated because I believe in science but you know like I don't know whatever do your thing girly pop like whatever fuck it we ball yeah, um, like you can't blame her like he's still grown man it was still his yeah. decision to do whatever the fuck it is that he chose to do but it is yeah. kind of funny it is. <laughs> I just okay this might be TMI but like I'm curious if anyone else feels this way and you can tell me to fuck off if you want but it's like how do you have sex with someone who doesn't shower? Mm-mm. I don't know. <laughs> I would not be into that either. Like I get, I myself am a big advocate of personal hygiene. Yes. So <laughs> I don't think I will admit though. I don't wash my, my hair very much. No. I'm like really weird about oh, washing yeah. my hair a lot, but like I shower, like even if I'm not going to wash my <laughs> hair, I'm still going to wash my body. Like I, I could not do that. I would not be into that. Yeah, I I body shower every day. I wash my hair like once or twice a week, but that's like normal, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that yeah, that's really strange to me. Um. So speaking of Shailene Woodley, I think that that's a good way to transition into our pop culture shit of the week. We've been talking about the Kardashians a lot. They've been in the news quite a bit. Um. (laughs) But I saw this week that Kim K was holding hands with Pete Davidson on like some carnival ride or something and I personally love Pete Davidson I think he's really funny I know his humor is a little he's really dark for some people you know because he makes like suicide jokes and like 9-11 stuff so he's not everyone's cup of tea but I'm a huge Pete Davidson fan um and I think that this is the ultimate like fuck you Kanye move that she just goes from (laughs) Kanye West to Pete Davidson so like I know that like they said they were just friends but this is this would be my favorite relationship of all time so I'm curious if you two ship Kim K and Pete Davidson as well I like them I like it too I saw something today like a meme it was pretty funny and it was like a picture of Travis and Courtney, but then it was like um, Pete Davidson and Kim, and it was like the Walmart, like the same but different, or like the Walmart <laughs> version. And I was like, I think they'd be cute. And I'm like, I kind of like that the Kardashians seem to be like stepping outside the box from like their norm guys <laughs> that they always go for. And I'm like, it's something different. I don't hate it. I like it. I'm like, if it's if they're just friends, whatever. But I wouldn't hate it if they were a thing. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it I love it so much so when Pete came out to SNL in 2014 I used to be like a diehard SNL fan in like high school and stuff so when he came out I was junior in high school I think so I was like obsessed with him and then he started dating Ariana Grande it was like this meets all my interests whatever you know and now like you always see people making fun like what are all these beautiful women doing dating Pete Davis I was like he's hilarious I think he's hot like I think he's a hot guy (laughs) and I'm like and I love the Kardashians and so I don't know if you guys ever heard the story of um who was it I think it was maybe Kid Cudi's birthday party it was at some like fancy restaurant and Pete Davidson was there. I was like, oh, I'll pick up the bill or whatever. And Kim and Kanye came. This was a couple years ago. And like Kanye ordered the whole menu. And Pete was like, dude, I can't like pay for all this. So I'm like, what a full circle moment. <laughs> and I just love them. I think it probably is a PR thing. 
but it'd be hilarious regardless if it's real. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that would be like the ultimate like Jenner mom move for Chris oh, yeah. to totally. like rub off on, K- on Kim Kardashian and be like, okay, well, if you see that Courtney and Travis are like making all these, all this money and all these headlines, you should like big dick her and start dating like the funny version of like the guy with tattoos and I think that that's like the ultimate move but it's like you said hot girls are dating Pete Davidson it's because Ariana Grande said his dick is massive (laughs) I did not know that oh my god oh yeah Pete Davidson something's going on something I'm getting sweaty I am sweating in my Bill Cosby sweater (laughs) Well, I don't know if you saw on the SNL episode a few weeks ago. I like obviously watched it because I still kind of am diehard SNL fan. But so Kim was on it and him and Kim did like this skit like as Aladdin and Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And, and they can't- I saw some tweet. It was like, they were like, wow, I guess the sexual tension was real in that skit. <laughs> now kiss. <laughs> That's all I can think of. But no, I would, <sighs> as much as I like don't want Pete Davidson to be off the market because I love him. Um, I'm like, and I like, didn't used to love Kim, but now she's like kind of my favorite because I think that she's like, kind of, she used to be, you know, the girl crying in the pool over her diamond earring kind of person. And now she's kind of evolved into this like boss bitch, like, like mom, entrepreneur, lawyer, you know, and just, she like when she was on SNL, like she can make fun of herself too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. I like that. Like she's already in the public eye they're in the that whole family is in the public eye more than anybody else and the fact that like she can laugh at herself and Mm -hmm. poke fun at herself and the rest of her family without it it hurting her feelings or making it a thing I think says something that she's definitely evolved as a person totally and and I've loved watching that you know like it's I think it's special being able to you know watch someone go from fucking Ray J into (laughs) like building into this like billionaire mogul of a woman like that talk about full circle you know like your mom exploits your sex tape and now you're like queen of the world it's awesome like I love it for her (laughs) um so yeah I I I kind of shift this relationship um I we don't have a tea party segment this week unfortunately but we do have tweets of the week which we are sort of after this show going to I think Sarah and I have discussed we're going to like probably move it into like of a more bonk situation just because we have a place to throw our tweets in somewhere else like you guys saw earlier in the show that we have not recorded yet but you will see that um so taylor i'll give you a second to figure out your tweets of the week sarah do you have anything this week because i think i have a few I was like, I think my favorite one i got was from my favorite big john sportsman 2015 yeah let me see. I actually have a few from him. I think all of them are from him. <laughs> Let's see. The most recent one made me laugh out loud because it wasn't like weird, weird. <laughs> it was when, oh, so I want, as you know, I frequently DM Greg from The Bachelor. Yep. <laughs> so I invited him on this podcast. Oh, my I thought he was on one. I was like, Greg, if you ever want to come on, like, let me know. And I tweeted it out and then someone sportsman 2050 big john responds. goes oh this is actually big john or this is actually greg himself that's my manager that runs this account if you want to reach out to me just message me here. i was like got it thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny 
Um, yeah, he I, was cute this week. Go ahead. Y- your freaking things with Greg kill me. I, I had that in my <laughs> tweets too. I have, okay, so there's this guy who I have, I think I have two. Um, my first one is two messages from the same guy who's like in the SNS, uh, like, dms a lot and he like the one of the like last week after we recorded otherwise i would have put this in last week he wrote me a poem so i'm going to read it for you now (laughs) um lol another attempt at winning kendra's heart colon k is for kicks from your fighting days to your white go-go boots you rock them all E is for effervescent, <laughs> which you do to the dummies in your mentions. N is for never ending, the way you love your teams. D is for dinner. When are we having one together? A is for always, which is how long I'll appreciate the pod. And then he goes, well, I'm an older dad, older than you, and willing to dress like Jeff Probes 24-7. We can smash a bag of chips on the couch almost every night. And when we do go out, I'm comfortable enough to order fruity drinks for your friends since neither of us would drink them. I mean, I'm not asking you for out for clout or going to hit on other girls when you go to the bathroom. So I, so better than at least some of the men you've talked to. That was my first one. My second one, and this is really quick, and then I will let you guys go if you have any other ones. Um, Someone like messaged me this week about like the Jaguars and anal. And they said, if you didn't comment and say that you're for <laughs> anal and are really into pegging, then you're not really from the 904. So I guess I'm, I, I mean, am I from Jacksonville? I don't know. You never know. Am I, am I not? Hmm? Oh, I've got some good ones for you guys, but they're not necessarily from this week. That's okay. But I have like. Okay, oh, I've no, got a good one fine. for you. And it reminded me because you were talking about somebody from The Bachelor. I'm like, oh, I've got a good one mm. that I can tell you guys. <laughs> well, I could tell you guys a good one from this week, but it's not a guy being like, well, if I would go through all of his DMs that I have right here of me never responding and him basically <laughs> talking to himself, he is like, of course, he's sending me like, at first it's like he's being sort of nice. He's like sending me his bet slips and like trying to form yeah. betting talk conversation. But then I get this. And then, of course, I had to respond to it because I'm petty. And I got really pissed off and annoyed. But I'm really <laughs> sorry. Oh, wait. No, that's that's the apology that I get. He Did he delete it? He might have. I don't know. Can you delete messages? I yeah, you can. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't. Sorry, but I have to tell you something. You would have two followers if it wasn't for your looks. Sorry. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you are just pissed because I won't respond to you. You're so annoying. So I literally was like, I'm going off on this guy. So I just like responded back to him. And I was like, rude, disrespectful, unnecessary. Like, I don't even know what else to say. And then he responds back. Sorry, I only speak facts. And then I responded back and I was like, let's just go back through this conversation. Shall we? Where you've been talking to yourself for five months. You weren't thinking that before. You're thinking that now because I've never responded to you. So you have to like throw a jab at me now because you're pissed. This morning, he messages me again. So sorry about what I said the other day. It was the alcohol talking. Would love for you to come to Vegas one weekend and bet on sports with me. I blocked him. I was like, goodbye, sir. Like, I'm not even dealing with this anymore. Like, you're just drama. Like, one day you're drunk and you love me. And the next, now I am this girl that you follow on Twitter that would only have two followers. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Over him. Um, Paul oh, did his little man feelings get hurt? Yeah, he can go away. My better one, though, that I was like, this didn't happen this week, but 
this was probably a year-ish ago. I, this was on Instagram though, got a DM and like, you know, you can look at your requested and it's like the people that have the bigger followings are popped up like at the top. Yeah. And I look and Jonah Hill like sent me a DM and I was like, this is not real. Like, I was like, why would Jonah Hill DM me? Like, what? I was like, this cannot be real. It's probably like a fan account, whatever. I look at the message and it's like, hey, Taylor, I would love to take you out to dinner sometime. And I was like, this is not real, but I'm going to respond. <laughs> so I like to respond. I'm like, there's no way this is Jonah Hill. Cause I just didn't know what else to say. He sends me a video of himself and he's like hey taylor it really is jonah like i would love to take you <laughs> out in la or new york city of your choice i will fly you here for dinner i came across your page i love that you love sports and you seem to have a great personality i would love to get to know you more also so respectful so nice i will say and i yeah. was like shit this is real so <laughs> I go back and forth in my head about it. It's like, for a second, I'm not going to lie. I considered it. I was like, why? Like, why would I not go on a date with Jonah Hill? Like, this sounds pretty fun. I ended up saying no. I didn't go on the date with Jonah Hill. I never met Jonah Hill. But he did. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, I really thought about it, but I didn't. So then I ended up talking about it briefly, like, on my podcast, like, a year ago. And like two weeks later, I get a DM from him on Twitter though this time. And he's like, so I heard your podcast episode about me asking you out on a date, dot, dot, dot. And I like respond, I was like, and? And he's like, and you didn't come on the date. And I was like, I know. And he was just like, but you talked about it. And he's like, so you thought about it. And I was just like, yeah, of course I considered it. It's Jonah Hill, like you're an Academy Award winning actor. Like I obviously considered it, but I didn't go. That's like my best. I can't believe you point. didn't. It's about know, to be I'm like, I was about to be like, did you ask him about his wiener? But I don't think anyone else I, has ever seen that Jonah Hill movie. That's I've my seen that Jonah Hill movie. That but... is my favorite movie of all time. But I, I don't know. I got so, I was like, no, like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't really want to fly to a different state to go on a date with a guy that I don't yeah. know. Like, you, you know, I got weirded out. You should just DM him and be like, so rain check. <laughs> I think he's married now. What? what? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's either engaged or married. One of the two. No. Be and it's not to you? <laughs> no, it's not to me. What the fuck? Met him. I know, I know. That's my best DM story that I have, for sure. Well, that top That's, like, anything. top tier. Yeah, I just That's have funny. this, like, the best, the best, like, most popular DM I get like from like some personality there's a guy who plays for the hurricanes who like once every couple months will just slide up on my story and be like so wanna fuck do you guys ever get like from athletes especially yes. like i just want to want to be like just because you play a sport and like we work in sports honestly it's uh, in my eyes it's like such a turn off to me like yep. i don't want anything to do with it i'm like stay away from me and i live out here in arizona spring training don't even get yeah. me started on it. <laughs> it is insanity. And they come in and they'll be like, they think they're at the bar and they'll be like, I play for the White Sox. I'm like, mm, are you in double A, honey? Like you're, yep. you don't actually play for the White Sox. On the, they try to act like they're on, they're in the majors. I'm like, no, you're not. Like duh, they'll pull that line to try to like get girls. And it's mm -hmm. so obvious. It's hysterical though to watch it play out. I've said it before. Minor league baseball players are the 
horniest people alive. Oh I did my. a project this summer where I had to interview 87 different minor leaguers. Oh and it was just all like through Zoom, whatever. I you got asked <laughs> to hang out 87 times. I'm sure. like, the amount of, I'm like, you guys signed up for this. Like, you know, this is like a research thing. I'm like, right. this is not like, oh, let's get to know each other. <laughs> I mean, they're nice people. Like 90% of them super nice people. But then there's like the 10% I'm just like, are you playing baseball just for like the check mark on Instagram? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a I had a Cubs player. He's not with the Cubs anymore. He's with the Rangers on um my podcast and I was like oh like we talked we interviewed him about like you know obviously baseball but then we asked him a little bit about like what his dating life was like being in the minors and stuff he gave us like these hilarious stories and then afterwards he like texts me right away and he's like so when are we gonna hang out and I was like what no like we're not hanging out like this was for the podcast like not for us to become personal best friends like Mm -hmm. no that's my favorite thing in the whole world, though, is, like, when you do meet these, like, minor leaguers or, you know, who like, hockey, baseball, whatever, when you're out and they're, like, oh, yeah, like, I play for the Bruins. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, what's your name? And I'm, like, oh, so you play for Providence. And they're, like, what? How'd you know that? And I'm, like, I'm not an idiot. Like, and I know that every other girl is probably, like, oh, my God. Exactly. You have it's a check mark? They're, they're not. They're, they're, like. They go up to girls because they think they're not going to know anything about sports. And it's like, nope, they get played because they went up to the wrong girl for sure. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time I'm, and that's what I tell them. I'm like, and they're like, oh, how do you know that? And I'm like, I work in sports here and you picked the wrong bitch. Next. Yep. Next. <laughs> Goodbye. Also, it takes one Google search. Like right. it is so easy to find out. <laughs> that's so true. I'm like, but I, there are so many girls out here. I'm like, I see it with the baseball boys that like fall for it and are all about mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, girls, no. I was like, they're going to go to the next city and they're not going to even remember you after yep. they leave. Yep. And, and I, and that's the thing. That's why I, first of all, I don't date athletes. And second of all, it doesn't matter what that WAP do. They don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. They do not give a single fuck because there is another one around the corner. And, and you know what I think, and and from my experience and it is very limited experience, I will say from talking off, you know, off of any sort of recording or anything like that with these older baseball players who knew or were involved with these, you know, situations. It's like, I think a lot of them wind up regretting it. Because it's not like you're building those intimate connections or, you know, it's not, right. it's, it's not something you feel good about at the end of the day. It's like temporary satisfaction. Is her, is her audio cutting out again? Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I no. think when they're young, it's oh, like, there we go. I'm like, I think it's part of the culture of them too. Like that's what they're around. Everybody's doing it. So I, I'm like, you guys hear me or not? I don't I can't yes, tell. Yes. Okay. But I was like, um, I just think it's like part of what they're around constantly too. Mm-hmm. So like when they're around that and they see everybody else doing it, they all fall into the same pattern. And it's like, yeah, it might be good for that moment for that night. Like you guys have fun. But when you look back on it, like, is that going to be like the best part that you remember? I would hope not. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No. Yeah. Baseball culture, especially, is weird because they yeah. are constantly on the road. You have 162 100%. games, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
wives and girlfriends back home like they're like on their own for most of the season I right. feel like baseball's probably the worst out of them all just because it is like so. set up like that oh I was like I was like so when I, I when I first graduated college and moved back home for a little bit to Illinois with my parents and a very prominent Cubs player who is married was constantly like DMing me to like come up to the city and stuff like that. And I they are like, always you're, married. You're married. Like they are always married. Come out, out there because I'm not. And I know there probably are some girls out there that will. I'm not one of them. So stop trying. I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. They are always, always, always married. And I yeah. will tell you that piece of advice for free. Um, <laughs> so wrapping up the show, I have two more questions for you. I don't know about Sarah. Um, my first question outside of, you know, like our, you know, tweets, pop culture sort of thing. I want to know your piece of advice for girls, first of all, in this field, getting their foot in the door, that sort of thing. And then um, a piece of advice for girls not in this field. Ooh, okay. So piece of advice for girls in this field. I think taking this firsthand from my own experience, I think when you're first starting out, never say no in a way to opportunities. And, you know, in our industry, people assume because you're in front of the camera or your, you know, your name is getting printed in an article in a big newspaper or something that you're making all this money and everything, but it's not as glamorous as people think. It is not like that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I think taking nope. any opportunity that's presented to you, especially when you're first starting out, obviously do not get taken advantage of because that's something also that I can attest to that happens a lot to women in our industry. But when it comes to work opportunities, even if it's for little pay or no pay or something, take the chance, get the experience, even if it's maybe not directly what you want to do, maybe you'll end up developing a love for it, or you're going to learn a new skill or something that you never had before that's going to benefit you for your future. So I think experience and network too. Network with mm -hmm. everybody. And I think if I were going to network with people in certain ways, Twitter is a great way to network, I yes. think, in our industry. And obviously LinkedIn as well. But I almost think Twitter people are more accessible to you, easier mm -hmm. to talk to, get a response back, things like that. So I'm like, network with as many people as you can. And always try to make a really good first impression too and be nice to everybody because you never know who knows who. And it's a small industry, so you don't want to get off on the wrong foot. Totally. Um, there's our bork of the week. Um, I, I, if you haven't heard our podcast, my dogs bark at least once an episode, I love it. Um, but, but, and then a piece of advice for girls who might be listening to this show or, you know, see us on socials or whatnot, who aren't in this field or getting out of it or something like that. What would you tell a younger you? Oh, okay. Younger me would be to let things roll off your back when people are making fun of you on social media for doing what you're doing. And I think that's even more prevalent today because I see people like making fun of people on TikTok because they're like, oh, they're so ridiculous. Their content's like them doing these dances, whatever. At the end of the day, if that person is happy with themselves and what they are doing, like, and you are happy with yourself, do not listen to any of the outside noise of what people have to say about you. I can remember starting this industry. My first job was at a small local station in Nebraska and I was blind, y'all, I was 21. And like, I was young, I came in, I'm like, I, I have big boobs, it's my body type, it is what it is. And I would get these <laughs> older, I would get these older women that would call into the station, 
saying that I shouldn't be allowed to turn to the side while reporting because of the way my figure looks. And I would beat myself up over it. Like so hard. I would cry and call my mom and be like, these women are being so mean to me for no reason and blah, blah, blah. And as I've gotten older now, I'm like, screw all of them. Like in the end, I'm like, they're just projecting their own insecurities onto me and that's their own problem. So I'm like, do not let what anybody has to say. If you are happy with yourself, that's all that matters. Yeah. Like you wish these titties look that good. <laughs> I like, yeah, I'm like, they're, they're, it's just jealousy. <laughs> um, it's true though. People are like, damn, I wish I looked like that. I wish I could wear that outfit. And then they're like, she shouldn't be allowed to wear this because I can't wear that. I'm like, oh my God. And when I was younger, I would take it like so to heart. I was like, I'm not wearing anything that's provocative, which I wouldn't be there. I was like, I was working in a very conservative area in Nebraska, but they'd be like, it's the way her figure looks standing to the side. I'm like, sorry, that's yeah. my body. I don't really know what I'm totally. supposed to do about it. Like, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, we talked about Carrie Champion recently and how she, I don't know if you saw what she had to say or like her whole controversy with the ESPN. Mm -hmm. She was telling young, like basically literally telling young girls, she was like, you know, um, and my other issue is that, you know, what girls wear, it's like girls are smarter than you think. And it's like, you shouldn't wear this because you're, you know, you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, I should wear what I, teach your boys to be better. I should walk. Exactly. You should, uh, us, we should be able to wear whatever the heck we want to wear. Like if we wanted to, I know in the industry we're in, that's not necessarily really the case that we, Mm -hmm. that that is necessarily the option. And I get it to an extent presentation like matters with like what we do, but unfortunately, (laughs) like sometimes it's just like. It, it it sucks that the men like ruin it for us <laughs> yeah like, exactly you should be able to have pink hair and big titties if you feel like having pink hair and big titties fortunately <laughs> <laughs> the pink hair is gonna have to go so <laughs> um my last question for you sarah i don't know about you is obviously we as i'm drinking a fucking michelob ultra I need to know what your yeah, favorite. I'm not having one. <laughs> I need to know what your favorite seltzer is because we are a pro seltzer podcast. I okay. have one in my fridge. Okay, so I would say my favorite, like mainstream seltzer, is probably White Claw because I, I like a good White Claw. I'm like maybe yeah. it's West in me too. You know, they're from Illinois. I like a White Claw out on the boat on the lake. Oh, that's like my go-to thing. <laughs> but one of my favorite seltzers that a lot of people don't know about, and they actually started out here in Scottsdale. Um, by these two guys that I know, and they're kind of growing popularity out here and they're starting to expand is called Taste Becky. They're really good. And they're kind of branded towards women. Their whole brand is about like women being confident and like who they are. And like all I, it kind of has to go back to the reason that he said they came up with the name is uh, Becky and baby got back is like how it with the song, like (laughs) So that's how they came up with it. And they're just like all about like girl empowerment. And it's like very fun colors. And I just, I love their branding too. So that's oh, why I love that. also just really like it. So taste Becky. If you ever can get a chance to try one, you should, because they're really good. Yeah. I'm literally going to DM them on the internet after we get out of here and see if they're great. Will... Ask for yeah. Sheldon. He's their owner and he's the nicest guy ever too. Okay, he cool. Yeah. I'll ask him if we can buy, if we buy some stuff, if they'll ship it out here. Cause we, I mean, I, I would love to, if, if they're pro women and they're a seltzer that, oh, it, that could so not good. Be, Yeah. Like check out their brand. You guys will like it for sure. It's that really could cool. not. Yeah. That could not be more our brand, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right up have, our alley. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more questions? I think that's it from me before I like let you go. 
Yeah, no, I think that's it. All right. I think well, we covered it all. <laughs> Taylor, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow her at Shy Sports Chick on Instagram and on Twitter at TMath11792. Happy early birthday, birthday. sweet friends. Thank you, and guys. Thank you so yeah. much for It was so fun. Of course. And we will obviously um, be on your podcast soon, uh, I am assuming. Yes. yes. I am going to make this happen now. Kim and I are going to get on this. We're recording next week. So maybe I can figure out a time for you guys to come on with us next week. So that'd be Absolutely. Perfect. Well, happy Saturday and keep on sipping y'all and we'll see you next week. Only tell the truth, what the hell you do, you got that juice, fresh squeeze too cute, I can tell you new, and it ain't just you, girl it ain't just you, it's your whole damn crew, got the haters on mute, cause they love that view, keep looking at you, ain't nothing new, this is not their world, they know you run the city, every town, every borough, they know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough, when Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls, get them girl, get them Cause this is not their world They know you run the city Every town, every borough They know you keep it real Keep it classy, keep it thorough When Sundays are for the boys When Saturdays for the girls Get them girl, get them girl uh. It's Saturday, y'all uh. Saturdays and Celsius <laughs> With your hosts Kendra and Sarah Uh Y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go.